Amen. I'm telling you, you guys are getting really good at it. Maybe we, we need a little longer clip of music so you guys can visit another 15 or 20 seconds. Because, yeah, you are. You're getting really good at it. Uh, Brad had already mentioned that next Sunday is Jersey Sunday. And uh, I hope to see a lot of cool jerseys. I don't expect people to have cowboy apparel on. That's okay. But, you know, some of you I know, uh, Tyndall, you going to have anything Rams related on? Yeah. Charlie, or Charlie, Charlie have anything uh, Raiders? Chase, anything Raiders that you, yeah, okay. And Addie's clapping. Are you raising her to be a Raiders fan? Wow. And she's just smiling? Wow. You know they didn't really have a great year, right? She doesn't care. Um, Jersey Sunday next week, we're going to have, yes, a photo area out there. We're also going to have a little tailgating snack available for you guys as you leave. And there'll be a table set up out there where you can write down your thoughts on the final score of the game. And I will go through those next week, and the winner will be announced the following Sunday, and they will get a prize. All right? So you have an opportunity to uh, see how, how well you're versed in knowing these two teams and your predictions. So... Talking about football and being along the lines of football, Jen, I want you to come up just for a second and uh, share something super cool with us about Super Bowl, football. Everyone's like, football, Jen, what? Yeah, they don't go together. Um, maybe you have seen, maybe you've been watching sports and you've saw something called He Gets Us. Maybe you've seen those ads, maybe you've seen um, billboards. Um, so I just want to kind of let you know about this because this is kind of a big deal. He Gets Us is a national campaign. It's been out for 10 months. And it is really to reintroduce people to the Jesus of the Bible. His radical love and his forgiveness. And that's, that's really all they're doing, okay? They're not walking you through the plan of salvation. They just want to introduce you to this man named Jesus who was here and he was fully God too. And... When given the opportunity to be angry, he chose to forgive. When there was hatred, he chose to love. And he's our example. And so I have a little video I want you to see if they'll roll that. When something big is happening, a movement, a moment, a mission that could change the world, you wanna be ready. You wanna learn everything you can. And right now, something big is happening. He Gets Us is a multi-year national campaign to raise the respect and relevance of Jesus in our culture. It's starting conversations. It's grabbing attention and changing minds. It's all over Twitter, in Times Square, on billboards and in stadiums. And on February 12th, you'll see it on the biggest stage in America. You'll see Jesus in the Super Bowl. The conversation is starting. Are you ready for it? This is a really big deal, guys. A really big deal. First of all, the NFL has always had a rule that there is no religious advertisements during the Super Bowl. I don't know if you've noticed that or not. But back in the fall, 
I believe the Holy Spirit started working in some people's hearts. Some coaches said some things. They were seeing this. And because it's not a specific church, they're not preaching, and they're not raising money, they have been given the opportunity for Jesus to be shared during the Super Bowl. That's what we call favor right there. Um, here's the really exciting thing. It's estimated for this year's Super Bowl between 110 and 115 million people in the U.S. alone will be watching this game. That's a lot of people, guys. It's a lot of people in a lot of walks of life. Broken, hurt, abandoned. Okay? And 65 to 85% of those people are not watching it for the game. Okay? Okay? You're watching it for the ads. People are not fast-forwarding the ads on this. They're watching it for the ads. So he gets us, he's going to have two ads in the Super Bowl this year. The first one's going to be between the first and second quarter. The second one is going to be during the first break during the fourth quarter. Okay? These are not going to seem preachy. They might even make you go, ooh, depending on the company that you're with. Because they're showing Jesus in a raw moment, along with us, how we live. And sharing that love and forgiveness that he has for us. Jesus is going to be in the Super Bowl making this the largest faith campaign in history. Raising the awareness of Jesus in our country. It's an incredible opportunity for us to help people get to know Jesus. They're kind of doing the work for you. If you have that person you don't know how to introduce Jesus to, well, they're probably going to watch the Super Bowl and they're going to have that introduction. And so now, through the help of these ads, you and I are going to have the opportunity to empower other people with that conversation starter of the gospel. So prepare yourself now. Pray about it. There's, if you text that number, um, you can get free gear. You can get on their prayer for the next 7, 10, 10 days, um, just so that you can prepare your hearts. Monday morning when you go to work, how many people talk about the ads? It's there. The conversation has already started for you. So pray that God will use this, not just in a big way, on a big stage, but it'll, he'll, he'll have a place for you in this to share with that person that you work with that, that just really needs to know that Jesus gets us. He's walked through all this, but he did it with love and forgiveness. So that is exciting. We are in the book of Acts this morning. Acts chapter 3. So very appreciative to uh, Pastor for allowing me the opportunity to share from the Word of God something that I feel like he's laid on my heart specifically and especially for you guys. So I'm thankful this morning. And in Acts chapter 3, we are going to read the account of two of the more prominent disciples, Peter and John, and their excursion to the temple for prayer. Beginning in verse 1, chapter 3. And by the way, if you are taking notes, the title this morning is, What Do You Have? Beginning in verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. It's 3 o'clock our time. 
And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms or money of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. Verse 5. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Verse 9, and all the people saw him walking and praising God. What a great account we have here of one of the early miracles after Jesus had already ascended into heaven. Peter and John, seeing the importance and value of prayer, went to the temple, the Bible says, at the hour of prayer. And on their way, they had an encounter with someone. Look at verse Four, if you will, as I'm trying to open my water. Verse four, as Peter and John entered in, were entering into the temple, there was someone who was sitting outside and he was begging for alms. Now, there was no government assistance back then, all right? If you had a disability, if you had a disease, if you were lame or maimed in any way, form, or fashion, you were responsible for you to earn a living. Of course, doing, uh, being able to do very little, the man chose to be carried daily to the temple to beg for money so he could survive. And Peter and John saw this person, and in verse 4, the Bible says that Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John. I want to point out a handful of things this morning, but one of the things that I want to touch on is, is this. Be aware of the needs of the people around you. All right? Brad already touched on it. It wouldn't take really a... a a whole lot of intelligence. If Mira was just not Mira, and Mira's always smiley and bubbly and just much fun to be around, but if Mira was a little less than, or if, if you're just very much in tune with the Holy Spirit of God, you know that Mira needs something. And so you need to be aware of the needs of the people around you. And, and Lisa bragged on you guys while she and Carl are walking through this. She has felt the love and the support and the appreciation, the valued, um, valued love from you guys. But see, that doesn't happen if you're not aware of the need. And so you need to be aware. And then you need to give others proper attention. Give others your attention. It's so challenging. It can be work sometimes to get involved in a conversation with someone and they're just pouring their heart out to you and you begin to like think of something else. Like you're just not fully engaged with their situation or their circumstance and 
you're distracted or you're thinking, you're thinking maybe about what kind of question you can ask them and you missed the three sentences that they just said pouring their heart out to you. There's a part of us as Christians, God has called us to fasten our eyes on others, to be aware of the needs of others, to give others our full attention. And later on in verse 4, Peter said to the man that was lame, look on us. And you have to look a little deeper than just these three words. Why did Peter say look on us? Well, because Peter had something to give. And Peter had something to share. We as Christ followers, we have something to give. It's the full water bottle. We have something to share. We have the fullness of Christ in us. If you do not know Jesus as Lord and Savior, and as Brad had said, if you've not come to a point of just throwing everything on Jesus and saying, I want to go to heaven, but none of my good works or good merit is going to matter at all because I'm not righteous. My sin has separated me from the Lord. My sin separates me from, from heaven. It separates me from relationship. And if you haven't accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, I pray that the day is today and that you don't leave this place until you do accept the Lord. Because you cannot give what you do not have. And that is something that God has spoke to me big in the last couple weeks. Does anyone here have a dollar that they'd be willing to give me? Like a one dollar bill? Everybody's real quiet. Really? You have a dollar you'd be willing to give me? Ivy, you're so sweet. Or, or, or Jay, you're even sweeter. <laughs> if you have a dollar, and you, you're willing to give it to me, Jay? Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. Man, that was nice. I appreciate that. So, second question. Does anyone have one million dollars here today they'd be willing to give me? Anyone? Don't everyone jump up here at once. Aubrey, you got a mill that you'd be? No. no. Your allowance isn't quite that much. Do you see what I'm saying? You can't give what you don't have. Many of us here, probably all of us here, we don't have a million dollars. You can't give that. You don't have it. If you're not in possession of the joy of the Lord, how are you ever going to give it? If you are not walking in the peace of God, and Brad, I, I mean, I loved what you said. Because once we get saved, we have the fullness of God. It's up to us to tap into it. I can walk around with a frown on my face all I want. That's my choice. But I've got the peace and the joy of God that lives inside of me. And I can tap into that anytime I want. And then when I do, I can share it. But I can't give it unless I have it. I have to tap in. I have to be aware that God has given me so much and he's wanting me to share it. And so look on us. Peter said, we've got something for you. Look on us. Jesus has given us at salvation the Spirit of God. And with the Holy Spirit comes some wonderful attributes that are found in Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 and 23. 
if you are walking in the fullness of God, if you are walking in the power of his spirit, then you have love and joy and peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. You have those things in you. Um, you know, to talk to uh, Christians, fellow Christians, and, and they don't fully realize what we've just talked about. They don't really fully understand that they have the fullness of God in them. And they walk around defeated. And they walk around lacking self-control. Well, I just lose my temper all the time. That's just who I am. I've just always been that way. And that's, that's just how, it doesn't have to be that way. You've been given self-control. You don't have to go for that third piece of pie. I just can't resist that pie. Yes, you can. With the Lord's help, you absolutely can. He has given you the fruit of the Spirit. And, you know, you may just be like Peter in the midst of a situation where you see someone need something. You may be at Walmart. That's a prime place. And I really don't think I thought about it near as much until we started coming to church here. And pastor brings it up quite, quite frequently. And so whenever I go in Walmart... I can hear him talking to me and realizing, yes, I want to get in and get out. I have things to do. Every once in a while, I battle the flesh because I see someone and I'm like, oh, I can't go that way. They'll talk my leg off. But other times I hear the Spirit say, it, you're not here for you. Really, nothing you do is for you. And so I, I am intentional when I get to the checkout. I'm intentional to smile at the checker. I will look at their badge and I will call them by name and inevitably they look up at me as if to say, should I know you? But, you know, hey, Cassie, what's going on? How's the shift going today? Hope the rest of it goes by smooth. Thank you for taking care of me. I don't know, but that's all that I had and that's what I'm giving. So without looking at her and saying, look at me, I just want her to know I have something to share with her. You know, uh, Peter was asked by Jesus. Jesus was finished preaching and a lot of people left. And Jesus looked at his disciples and he said, will you guys leave too? And Peter said, Jesus, where else are we going to go? You alone have the words of eternal life. Where else can we turn? Jesus alone, the Jesus that lives inside of you that you get to share with those people at Walmart or those people that stand next to you at work or that neighbor that drives you crazy, you get to share with them Jesus, the one who is eternal life. Look at verse 5. And he, the lame man, gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something from them. This verse just gives me chills. When Peter said, look on us, I'm sure that there was something there, something spiritual, that this man felt, wait a minute, something's different here. And so he gave all of his attention unto Peter and John. Why? Because the Bible tells us he was expecting to receive. Expectation, according to Webster, a strong belief that something is going to happen. Why do we get so excited at Christmas? Because well, we expect, I expect to receive presents. It's part of it, and it's fun. And as presents begin to form under the tree, 
I begin to think, I wonder if they're for me. It's Christmas. I have an expectation that at least one of them is going to be for me. Birthdays. Now, I know as we get older, birthdays have less of an excitement. But come on, younger birthdays, probably, you know, certain age and down. I almost said, you know, Jeremy's age and down. But I didn't really want to do that. But, you know, this age where when your birthday comes, you're excited because you're expecting to get something. How about when you guys turn 16? Come on, 16 was like the age. I couldn't wait to turn 16. I'm expecting something at 16. I'm expecting to get to be taken and get my driver's license. That was huge. It was, I was expecting. Shouldn't we be the same way when we get in the presence of God? Shouldn't we be the same way when we come to church on Sunday? This expectation, and it's not this greedy, well, I'm looking for what people can give me. God has something for you every time you are in his presence. Monday morning. Thursday afternoon, Saturday night, Sunday morning, when you are in the presence of God, seeking his face, he has something for you. I just marvel. I mean, you guys know I've, I've spent um, a good chunk of my life blessed, but able to be in the word. But inevitably, I will read a verse and I will be baffled and I will say out loud to God, has that always been there? Really? You didn't just drop it in for me? It's because the word is fresh. It, it's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides the thoughts and intents of the heart. And so I encourage you to have an expectation just like this lame man. He had an expectation. Expecting to receive. You know, Peter walked on the water when Jesus said, come. Peter didn't expect to jump out of the water and sink. He saw Jesus walking on the water, and he said, Lord, if it's really you, ask me to come out. Jesus said, come on out. And the Bible says Peter jumped out of the boat, and he walked on the water. He expected to walk on the water. He expected something great to happen, and we should be like that. Verse 6. Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now this lame man, he was hoping to get a gold coin. He was hoping to get a chunk of silver change. He was hoping for something tangible, something in his hand. But see, Peter said, I, I don't have what you are asking for. I don't have it. I have something better. Because the Holy Spirit had dropped into Peter's heart that there was healing in the house for this leper today. For this lame man, I'm sorry. There was healing in the house. His legs would receive strength and he would do something miraculous. And God's been this way throughout history. He just wants to know what you have that you're willing to give. Peter was willing to give a word of healing, and John was as well. Think about Moses. Lisa shared a little bit today about the Red Sea experience. God called Moses, and all Moses had was a rod. What do you have in your hand, Moses? Just a rod. God said, I'll take it. 
If you're willing to give it to me, I'll use it. And miracle upon miracle upon miracle happen. We can read with Moses using his rod. Oh, he looked at a little shepherd boy. He said, David, what's in your hand? David said, I just got sling. God said, if you're willing to give it to me, I'll use it. And if Goliath was able to be interviewed today, he'd let you know. He'd think twice before messing with somebody that God had anointed. There was a little boy who went to a revival meeting and heard a preacher preach. And when it was asked, does anyone have any food? Anyone at all? There are thousands and thousands here. Little boy stepped up and said, mom packed me a lunch. I just got some bread and fish. But I'm willing to let you have it. God said, I'll use it. There was a widow, elderly lady, went to church. And it was time for the tithe. And all of the church leaders threw in their money and made it sound clangy because the, the offering plates were like buckets. They were big barrels and people would throw it in and it would clang and people would say, oh, they really loved God because look how much they gave. Little lady stood in the back and all she had was two mites that together make less than a penny, but it was everything she had. She said, God, I'll give it to you. See, it might just be a smile. It might just be a hand of encouragement. It might be a fist bump or a high five or you put your hand on your shoulder and you tell someone you're praying for them because you know what they're going through. That may be all you have, but that's enough. If you're willing to give it, God's willing to use it. Peter said, I don't have silver and I don't have gold and that may rock your world, but I'll tell you this, what I have, I'm gonna give it. And in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. It's football season coming to an end. This story just rocked me, so I wanted to share it with you today. There was a boy, he was the youngest of five children. He was born in the Philippines to American parents who were there as missionaries. As the boy grew, he was homeschooled by his mom. and His mom instilled in him the family Christian beliefs throughout his early years. These beliefs became a foundation of his life. He suffered from dyslexia, but in the midst of his learning disability, he was convinced God had a plan for him. The boy enjoyed football. As a teenager, he began his high school football career playing tight end for the Trinity Christian Academy uh, football team in Jacksonville, Florida. 
Before the 2013, I'm sorry, 2003 season, he moved to nearby St. John's County and he was made eligible to play for the struggling football program at Allen D. Nice High School where he would have the opportunity to play quarterback. After a successful high school football career, he enrolled in the University of Florida where he became the first underclassman ever to win the highest award given in college sports, and that is the Heisman. He also went on to lead the Florida Gators to two BCS national championship victories, one in 2007, one in 2009. In college, he noticed his fellow players who wore eye patches under their eyes for the glare he noticed them writing things on their patches like, hi mom, or go team. And he began to do it. And he thought, what can I put under my eyes? And being a strong Christian, he said, the verse that just comes to me every day is Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so he put that under his eyes. But on the eve of the national championship game in 2009, he changed his eye patch from Philippians 4.13 to John 3.16. Felt like that God wanted him to do that. And Florida went on that night to win the national championship. Exactly three years to the day later, January 8th, 2012, he played for the Denver Broncos and he led them in a playoff overtime victory against the Pittsburgh Steelers with John 3.16 under his eyes. After the game, Mr. Tim Tebow was approached by his PR rep who grabbed him inside of the tunnel before his interview press conference and said, Tim, do you realize what just happened? Tim said, yeah, we won the national championship. We won, I'm sorry, we won the playoff game, overtime game against the Steelers. And he goes, no. He said, your stats have been revealed. Tim, your passing yards were 316. Your yards per completion were 31.6. Your yards per rush were 3.16. The ratings, the ratings for the game were 31.6. And your team's time of possession was 31.06. And he said, Tim, right now, John 3.16 is the number one trending thing on every platform, and over 91 million people have Googled it. <laughs> and God said to Tim, what do you have? And Tim said, I just have some eye patches. I just have some eye patches. And God said, are you willing to let me have them? I'll use them. Peter took the man by the right hand in verse 7. He lifted him up. And we see this wonderful picture of the faith of Peter because Peter said, you've been healed. And we see the faith of the man who's ready because if you can't walk and someone's trying to help you up, that's embarrassing. You're just going to fall. But Peter took him by the hand and he lifted him up. And Peter said, I'm not just going to see the need of you. I'm going to help meet the need. 
that you have. And that's what God is calling us to do today. Don't just see a need. Meet a need. Don't say, let somebody else do it. You be the somebody else. Verse 8, the Bible says that he, the man, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And that was probably, you know, that's just a microcosm of someone who didn't have this ability that we take for granted, that I take for granted. And he was now able to receive strength and power through his legs. And the Bible says he not only stood, but then he walked, and then he leaped, and then he praised God. Can you see the progression here? There's an old saying, you can't, you can't walk until you can stand. You can't run until you walk. See, God is calling us through a life of Christian growth in relationship with him. And you can't run until you first stand. First you stand, then you walk, then you leap, and then you praise and you can tell everyone the great things that God has done for you. And in verse 9, it says, and all the people saw. What do we know? We better know this. Others are watching. People are watching you. Do you have something to give? What's in your hand? Is it just a handshake? Is it a pat on the shoulder? Is it a fist bump? What do you have? There are times in my life where the enemy has convinced me that I have nothing to give. And those are hard times when I'm in the middle of the sea, Lisa. And I think about David and David's words in Psalm challenge and encourage me daily. And David said, I might be going through this and this and this and this and this. And I don't want to be going through all this. But guess what, God? I am reminded that you are faithful. I'm reminded that you are enough. And I will praise you. I will convince my soul that this is what needs to be done. And if my mind, will, and emotions want to argue with me, well, then they have to just step back and become in, come in submission to what I'm going to do. I'm going to make the choice. I choose to serve. I choose to love. And I choose to worship. Because we were the beggars, but now we're royalty. And so what will I do? What, what, what do I have? Sometimes I just throw up my hands and I'll praise him again and again. Because all I have is my hallelujah. And the enemy's not going to steal it. I may not have silver and gold to give. I may not have this, that, and the other that you think you need. But God, if you just take my hallelujah, I know you can use it. And so I just throw up my hands and I'll praise you again and again. And so maybe that's you today. Maybe you think I don't have anything to give then I challenge you to throw up your hands and praise him again and again. Because you have a hallelujah. You guys stand to your feet.
God, we just thank you this morning. You have called us out of darkness and into your light. God, if we are called by the name of Jesus and if we put him as Lord and Savior of our life and said, I can't save myself, but the blood of Jesus has saved me and I repent of my sin and I confess that the Son of God is Jesus Christ who died on the cross for me, rose again the third day, is seated at the right hand of the throne of God making intercession for me and you want to have relationship with me. God, I pray that if there's anyone in here that hasn't made that confession, that they do that this morning. They call out to you and say, God, I need you and I confess my sin. My sin separates me, but your love and your blood joins us together. Maybe you are saved and I'm hoping you are and you think you just don't have what it takes. You don't, you don't know what, what to give. God, I pray you'd receive our hallelujah this morning. Receive our hallelujah. God, we bless you in this place. If you want to come and worship down front, if you want to worship in your seat, that is up to you. This is ministry time. This is time that we reflect on the word that God's given us. And we just want to thank Him and praise Him and love Him. So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. Cause all that I have is a hallelujah, hallelujah. And I know it's not much, but I've nothing else fit for a king. Except for a heart singing hallelujah, I've got just one move With my arms stretched wide I will worship you So I throw up my hands And praise you again and again Cause all that I have is a hallelujah Except for a heart singing hallelujah, hallelujah. So come on my soul, oh don't you get shy on me, lift up your song. You've got a lion inside of those lungs Get up and praise the Lord Come on my soul Oh don't you get shy on me Lift up your song Cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs Get up and praise the Lord Come on, my soul, oh, don't you get shy on me, lift up your song. 
Cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs Get up and praise the Lord Come on my soul Oh don't you get shy on me Lift up your song Cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs Get up and praise the Lord God, thank you so much. You've shared your great love with us. God's the least we can do. We have nothing else that's fit for the King of Kings. So we'll give you our hallelujah. We'll give you our life. Whatever's in our hand, God, we will bless you. And we thank you. We give you praise today. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who heals, delivers, and redeems. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. You are dismissed. Have a great week.